Hi, I'm Heather, Certified Transformational Life Coach and Meditation Instructor. And I'm Mary Catherine, a Certified Yoga Instructor and Truth Crusader. Welcome to The Naked Truth, a podcast for women who are ready to talk transparently about living this life as authentic women. Throw in the towel when it comes to pretending, covering up, and exhausting fake fronts and learn how to be and accept you. Each week and each season, we will discuss and break down topics that are profound, challenging, and mad real when it comes to the hearts of womankind from two women who passionately accept you right where you are. Because we've lived a little and we aren't afraid to share it. We're real, we're live, and we're women. Welcome to The Naked Truth. Hello, world. (laughs) Hola, world. You are listening to The Naked Truth Podcast, and my name is Heather. And my name is Mary Catherine. We are on season four, episode is it episode four? Yeah, it's double Holy fours, smokes. man. 44? That's how old I'm going to be this year. Huh? That's, that's how old I am. That's how old I am. So maybe, yeah, this is a, should be a lucky day. We should buy a lotto ticket or something. I all should the, anyway. All the stores age. are closed. What? All the stores are closed. You can't buy uh-huh. a lotto ticket right now. Okay. Okay. You can tell how much I played the damn lotto. I don't <laughs> much. But, okay. Anyway. It was a figure of speech, figure of speech. Onward we go. Today, folks, we are continuing our theme of getting real about relationships. Yes, yes. All things relationships. And today we're talking about relationships in the workplace, which all of us work um, in some way, shape or form, even if you don't have a... Even if you don't have a day job, um, you are working, doing something. I guarantee that you are. And you are coming across people and you are having to develop and maintain um, relationships with whatever you may doing, may be doing, volunteering somewhere. Um, there are work relationships to be created and maintained all over the place out there. These would fall under the category of acquaintanceships that yes. we talked about in our first episode. Or for the most part, I mean, we, yes. you know, we might have some close friends that we work with, but for the most part, your coworkers are acquaintances. With a, with a few select differences. Yes. Yes. Few select differences or few select people that, because um, oftentimes some of our, our coworkers do become our very close friends. Not Absolutely. All but some of them very Mm -hmm. much do. And let's be real here. Um, People that do work a full-time job, you're spending an awful lot of time with these people. A third of your life. You are. A third of your life is spent at work. This this is an important topic because why not make it the best kind of environment that you can? And uh, I'll just say this. You, You know, we are, whether it's a job or, like I said, whether you're volunteering at the church nursery or you're on the PTO or PTA, we are all going to run into people that we don't care for, that maybe (laughs) annoy us, 
um, maybe we just downright do not like them and we would not choose them to be in our daily circle. That is part of that is part of life. And that is part of having and building social skills. Um, it's what, it's what I try to teach my girls that, uh, you know, wherever they go, school groups, you know, they're that, that is going to be there and you have to have the skills to know how to handle those situations, even the positive ones, because, you know, let's say you, you really like your boss and want to be best friends with your boss. Um, you've, you've got to know, you've got to know how to handle that. I was going to say it's completely doable, completely doable. You just have to know how to, you know, whether yeah. the dynamic. And it has to be two people that understand the rules of each other during the day. Yep. And that isn't always easy and possible. It is doable, but it is not doable for every situation most certainly. Well, you know, when we you know, were talking about uh, in Heather and I, will usually have a little chit chat on our, uh, on our phones here before we start to record the episode. And when we were talking about, um, you know, difficult employees and employees that annoy you and employees that just rub you the wrong way, of course, where does my mind go? I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I work with people that think that about me. <laughs> you know, and okay. It is as much as I want to look at you and say, Oh hell no, Mary Catherine, you're the coolest cat there is. It's very likely that, yes. somebody, that, that, you know, some of this positive energy that we give off is going to rub people wrong. It just is. Sometimes, other, you know, sometimes our energy can be annoying to other people. And uh, I, I am a loud, boisterous woman. And I used to always try to tame that down. Like I'm, I was always, you know, trying to, you know, stifle it down because I know that I can be too much. And I don't know, I would say the last handful of years, no way. I, if I'm loud and boisterous, I'm loud and boisterous. If you know me and don't like that about me at this point, it, we're just not cut. We're just not cut for each other. We're just not. So just walk along and um, you, you plug your ears maybe when you're walking by me because <laughs> I am who I am and I'm, I'm going to be that. Um, and so well, I, I am certain. I am certain that um, a more introverted person or who knows, maybe somebody who um, at work <laughs> is trying to work, <laughs> is trying to work and, and something comes over Heather and I, I start in one of my, you know, bubbly rants. You start singing um, show tunes at your desk. Yeah, yeah, I cannot say that I'm that I'm a negative person at work, but I'm sure that I can be pointed out um, that I can be positively or I, I can be annoying in a positive way or um, too talkative. Um, and hey, hey, that's okay. I own it. I own it. Well, and I previously I have worked with auditors and auditing staff and kind of being the conduit um, between our staff and theirs. And so I can guarantee you there were times that I would be calling people and they would see my name on their phone 
and just think to themselves, oh, hell no, not today. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I get it. Oh, I yeah. get it. Yes. And with, you know, with being a supervisor, you do, you are the target sometimes and you have to take it. You have to know how to take it. And you mm-hmm. have to know that sometimes it's even healthy. I'd rather have them if they're going to be down on somebody. Sure. Let, let me, let me have the, I'll take the blow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, things we move on, we, they move on to, we all move on to something else. Cause there's all, things are always changing. So, um, when you were uh, talking, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I was in thinking about this topic because I do supervise people. Um, I thought about it from two different aspects. I thought about it from a management management, like supervising people and the, and what I, what I hear from my workers um, when I'm supervising them and kind of the conflicts they have. And then I also thought about it for, as a coworker standpoint, because I of course have been employed for many moons and, and I'm working with people all of the time as equals. And I, one of the main lessons that I have learned and it's whether I am a person supervisor or if I'm, just their, you know, if I'm their cohort, um, happy employees feel connected and, you know, hap- well, that goes with everything. Happy people, happy relationships are the most connected. They, they feel connected with each other. Happy, um, happy families feel connected. And so how do you feel connected? And you feel connected through, having and building a relationship and how do you do that it's with the the small the small everyday things so um my my biggest piece of advice to people is if you want to feel happy and you want to con- you want to try to connect with people and that means talking and stopping for a couple minutes about asking people about their weekend, asking people about their time with their grandchild. If you knew they, they were spending time with their granddaughter earlier, asking people, you know, how, how is their brother's chemotherapy going? Um, Talking to people about, you know, their house up North, or if you know that they're a hunter sitting down and asking them about, you know, how hunting season is going, looking through their pictures. Um, people want to feel like they matter. They want to feel like you will take that time to look them in the eye and that you care. Um, so, the, and if you, if you stop and I, and I do care, I care about my, the people that I supervise and I care about the people that I work with. And so to me, that is one of the most important things to do in a job is to stop and give people a couple minutes. And it's, it, it isn't hard. Once you make it a practice, we get so damn busy and we get so pushed and rushed that it can feel hard. Like, Ooh, I can't, I can't stop. But, stopping and making that time makes your work environment so much better happy employees are connected and connected employees are happy there you go yep when when you talk about that communication between employee supervisor or even employee employee right even coworker to coworker, talking to them and building those relationships not only are you building a connection between each other you are also opening up 
lines of communication and you're strengthening those lines of communication and better communication between employees. I mean, you, you can read all of the studies and you can read all of the statistics. Yes. We know that communication between employees results in higher productivity. It results in lower absenteeism. And those are all measurable, um, uh, mm-hmm. statistics, right? But what you can't measure are the intangible things, right? So, um, you know, better communication results in more knowledgeable coworkers. You are absolutely more likely to learn information from your coworkers if you have good lines of communication with them. Um, you are absolutely more likely to collaborate with your coworkers and to uh, problem solve and all of that stuff, you know, with that communication. I remember, I, I can't remember where I read this, but I remember when I read it, it changed the way that I listen or I try to listen. I can't say that I'm good about this all the time, but we need to learn to listen with the intent. not to respond. And how often when you're having a conversation with someone, are you listening to what they're saying? And you're thinking about the next question that you're going to ask them and you're not truly listening to what they're saying. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And I just, those lines of communication are so very important. So very important. But it's also important not only to keep them strong, but to keep them positive. Right. And so I know, since it's the naked truth, let's talk about the other part of all of this. Because <laughs> if you've worked anywhere for any amount of time, you know that the negative exists and that there, I always call it kind of like the cancer crowd. Um, and hopefully it's not there all the time. Hopefully it just kind of comes and goes. But there, there will be people that you work with that will lean negative. And um, if you aren't careful they can start turning you into that as well. So I, um, I caution, I talk to everybody I hire about, um, about staying away from that. Um, I refer to that as the lobster theory. And I'm not talking about the Phoebe and, you know, Ross and Rachel, you know, he's her lobster. Unfortunately, no, this is like the, this is the other lobster theory. And I, I warn you, if you are someone that likes lobster, but you don't know how lobster is cooked, I apologize in advance. I think I'm going to rock your world a little bit. But at this point, like who doesn't know how lobster is cooked, right? But regardless, so when you boil lobsters in a pan, yes, and I, and I guess I should provide this <laughs> disclaimer, this I, I just I don't you know, know where back. the hell she's going with this people. I'm, I I'm on the I'm on pins and needles here. Well, now okay. I'm starting to backtrack a little bit because I realized I'm just talking off the cuff right now, and I more than likely probably should have fact checked this before I share it on the podcast. But you know what? For for sake of argument, let's just say it's true because it's a very good lesson to be learned, right? Okay. Just call me Aesop. I'm about to make up a fable. When you cook lobsters in a pan and like if one lobster tries to crawl out, the other lobsters pull it back in. Okay. And and maybe it's not cooking. Maybe if it's just like if a lobster's trying to escape like a trap or whatnot. But I remember reading that somewhere and someone was very specifically using that 
Oh, maybe not true. That's fat. a great visual. Yes, right. So, yeah, so I, I refer to it as a lobster theory. Like you're trying to crawl out of this pit of negativity, and you're surrounded by a bunch of people that are just trying to pull you back in. Pull you back into the boiling water. Don't yes. do it. Don't do it. I'm going to fact check that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> while you keep talking, because now it's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. Boiling lobsters. Do they? So when you're out of a pan. <laughs> well, she's doing that. I'm going to talk about some strategies to dealing with negative people at work. Um, Cause this can be, this is a big deal. It can, it can be a very big deal for some. Um, hopefully um, you can just through, just through uh, establishing a relationship and um, limiting contact and, and staying busy, you can, you can limit your exposure to, to negative people at work. But sometimes it's very hard. So first of all, practice empathy. Um, keep in mind that most people com- that are complaining or that are big naggers, um, they don't necessarily want you to fix their problems. They just want to be heard. Um, so um, evaluate if that is the case with this person. And by hearing them and being empathetic, perhaps they'll be appreciative. Um, so empathy doesn't solve, it connects. So keep that in mind. If you can offer empathy, uh, see if that makes a difference. Practice distance. Um, if you try empathy and that person remains negative, distance yourself in any way that you can. Work in a conference room if you need to <laughs> instead of your desk. I don't <laughs> that seriously, if you any way you can you can get away um, and distance yourself if you are if this person is right on top of you. I also if you're permitted to wear earphones, earphones are an amazingly um, amazingly great way to distance yourself. Um, if they talk with you, if they're negative, nod say nothing actually maybe don't nod just you know do a lot of uh ahas um and um proceed to be very busy and move move things onward and then lastly redirect so if they're complaining about um you know about this that and the other redirect them and ask them a question in another direction um oftentimes that can be just enough to have the right person get the hint and and stop that a lot of times i shouldn't say a lot of times but sometimes you're going to have a person that is not going to understand those social cues um so um do your best to redirect the conversation um to something positive um, I will. Ooh, Mary's well, got a lobster tail. Well, I see what you did there. And that was awesome. <laughs> um, I just want to report to our listeners. This is breaking news since I'm doing it in real time. Um, according to a blog post that I have found on the website of a one Miss Amy Reese Anderson. She did a, a blog post called the lobster syndrome. And I'm just going to read you a snippet of it. If you have ever observed lobsters in a fine restaurant, you will find that they are kept in a shallow cage without any lid on the cage. Yet you don't see the lobsters getting out of the cage and running loose in the restaurant. So why not? The reason why is that when one lobster tries to crawl out of the tank, the other lobsters 
will grab and pull that lobster right back into the tank with them. They can't escape because they consistently pull each other back in. I don't know the science behind why the lobsters act this way, but I can tell you that this phenomenon is something that is not always unique to lobsters in the tank. There are certain people in this world who are infected with the lobster syndrome. These are the people who cannot stand to see each other and other people do well, and they will pinch, pull, and pry, and to try and drag everyone else down who appears to be progressing ahead of them. Oh, this episode has really turned out a lot different than I expected. And I love that. I, I love that. Um, I, so I, I was just about to say before you came with the lobsters, the lobster story, <laughs> um, that nothing. And I, I do tell my, my people that I hire, I tell people this right from the, right from the get go, nothing can halt or stunt your career faster than aligning yourself with a negative crowd and to run like hell from it. When you sense it, run and run so, from the lobsters, this lobster story in, you need to pull, pull. If you're in the tank with them, if you find yourself in a season where you're in that tank, pull prod, hoist yourself whatever pivot pivot i love all our friends references this episode i did that for her guys pivot <laughs> your friends if you're a friend person, so. yes yes but you know what when, <laughs> so when we talk about this though when we talk about um you know not aligning yourself with negative people they're in, not aligning yourself with people that all they want to do is constantly complain when, in a workplace dynamic, you are always going to have problems that arise and you're going to have problems that need to be solved and you're going to have things that go wrong and you are going to need to communicate issues as they arise and you're going to need to communicate how things happened and where things went wrong. But it, there's a difference between venting and problem solving. So when something goes wrong at work and you need to vent and you'll come home and vent to your husband or wife or a family member or a friend, when, when we vent to others, we are going to complain. We're going to talk about the problem and we're looking for support. We're looking for validation. You know, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to you. Or I can't believe that person did that. But when we talk about our workplace communication, that needs to be less negative and more solution focused. So you, I mean, even when dealing with a lobster, you don't have to be one. Spoken like a true engagement leader. Wow. I'm what? your lobster. I'm your, I'm your lobster, but like lifelong lobster. Yes. There you I go. just want to hold your claw. I don't <laughs> want to pull you back in. <laughs> I, I want to note this. So I uh, too. So we know coworkers when they get talking about each other. So if a coworker sitting in your area, um, uh, I'm going to let you know that common enemy connections. So if you're continually talking about, you know, Rosie up, up at the front or something, common, common enemy connections are toxic. They're not authentic. They're not genuine. They're not relationships to hang your hat on. They are not real. So keep that in mind. Do oh not gosh. engage in gossip. Do not engage in gossip in the workplace. If you need to vent and talk about something annoying find somewhere 
someone safe out of the mix, out of the mix of the workplace? Uh, Just a couple tidbits that I wanted to touch on and talk about. Um, You know, we, we talked in our last episode about family ships and about how family ships are things that we, for the most part, inherit, right? For our bloodline family. And they're not things that we, they're not relationships that. And, you know, in life, we're always going to select friends that are like us. Um, You know, romantic relationships, we usually gravitate towards people that are like-minded and similar, but we don't have that luxury at work. No, we do we not. Are, no, we are surrounded by so many different people, and inclusion is such an important part of workplace relationships. Um, you know, if any, if the past few years have taught us anything, with the political climate being what it is, you know, people can get so heated about differences, and inclusion is is key. Like we, you have to figure out a way to work with people that aren't like you and, mm-hmm. and to make it work. And that's not always easy. Um, but you know, just trying to see things from other people's point of view, it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, right? But just trying to understand. And I, I know that I have shared this story before, but, um, talking to a family member of mine that has a very, very, um, staunch political view and, she likes to share things on Facebook. And I know sometimes that people think that, well, you know, just sharing stuff on Facebook isn't going to do anything. And it just, you know, fans the flames and whatnot. But she explained to me, um, she's older and to go out and protest or to go out and do things, she can't do anything like that because of her age. And this is what she can do. So this, she, she, she feels empowered by this. And she, and when you look at it from that point of view, it completely changes the way maybe that you, you view people's actions. And also, you know, when we talk about workplace relationships and we talked about this last episode as well, but boundaries in the workplace, when you come to work, you don't have to bring your whole self to work. I mean, you don't have to walk into work and share every last detail of yourself with all of your coworkers, but you do need to bring your best self to work and you can be your best self and stay true to your values while still keeping those boundaries and keeping your whole self within those walls. That is incredible advice. Well, I try your best self, not necessarily your whole self. Great advice. Yeah. All right, listeners, with that, we're going to sign off and we will see you next week for more fabulous relationship talks with Heather and Mary Catherine. And until then, we're real, we're live, and we're lobsters. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening listening to to the the Naked Truth. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new episode notifications, as well as updates and random pieces of positivity to brighten your day. That's the Naked Truth Podcast on Facebook and at the Naked Truth Pod on Instagram. And shout out to Ewart Williams for our epic theme song and Michaela Shope for our top-notch cover art.